Is that right when we're about to start? We're starting, and Robin is cheese in her mouth. I'm sorry, guys. Don't apologize. We've got a, a camembert. It's so good. We've got a six-year-old cheddar. Mm, oh, my God. Six-year-old? From the, the fine green mm. mountain state. Yum. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to That's the Spirit Podcast, welcome. everybody. <laughs> it's a hen time. It's a hen. I was going to say it's a hen schedule, but I don't know what that means. We're a hen of schedule. <laughs> yeah, we're a hen of schedule. Can you believe? Wow. Um, welcome, everybody, to this podcast about ghosts and goblins, ghouls Bones. and frights. Uh, about graves and mm-hmm. um, cobblestones. Oh my God! Yeah, everything that you could uh, that you could mm-hmm. just faint over. Yeah, whispers. this podcast is brought to you by Soda Stream and Wild Sweet Orange Tazo Ooh, Tea. Thank you, Tazo. Um, this is a specialty for me. I love it so it's much. It's Really good. I don't think it's actually. You know, when people are like, "That's not really a tea because mm-hmm. it doesn't have tea leaves." I'm pretty sure there's no tea in this. Wait, what would it be? I think it's. Rind, orange rind, mm. maybe. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe there's some tea in it. It's good. Either way, it's maybe just, a it's a hot drink. Milk? It's hot drink. It's hot orange like drink. Yeah, yeah. It tastes good to me. That's the slogan of it. Mm. Tazo tastes good tastes to me. Tastes good to me. <laughs> don't tell me what's in it. Tastes good like to the, me. The subtext is that other people don't think that it tastes good. <laughs> Say what you want. Yeah, it tastes, tastes fine good to, to me. me. All right. I love that. Um, uh, we're joined here tonight by my cat Blue, who is relegated stuff to a. Uh, I would argue yeah. way more a hard uncomfortable chair. chair Actually, it's a it's nice one. it's serving me well. I will say maybe a hard chair is what I need because I just had like bad migraines a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. And I told you I went to the nail salon and I was like, you got to help me out. And they just placed their hands on my back and said, oh, are you okay? (laughs) And I was like, no. I just just picture your back being like... like like shifting plates on the back of a dinosaur. Yes, yes, because of those Just big flat shifting. scapulas. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like that. Also, you know that thing of when you're sitting and you you're like I'm relaxed, but then you're like, oh my god, no, so I'm not. Tense. Yeah, my shoulders also feel crazy from going doing painting. Paint. Yeah. Told you that would happen, yeah. but that's good. That's a good. That's a nice good sore. I suppose. Robin's been painting her beautiful apartment and listener, it looks great. It is fun. But listener, guess where we are right now? My, my Stephanie's house. house. My house, yeah. Ooh, with a special baby boy. With a special baby and a pine crandle and a we cranberry a crandle. crandle. A cranberry cran? Oh yeah. Yeah, we got two crans. We got two of cheese. We got two of crans. There's a lot of good things happening. Uh, Yeah, I made a good stew yesterday. Oh, the stew was spectacular. It was okay, you know. I was thinking about it today. No, I was thinking about it a lot today. It was good. It was real stick to your ribs style. It was very like cozy, comfy, spicy, hot. I think what I'm gonna do. I think I made a folly. What? I don't think I'm gonna use any thickener next time. Okay. I'd like a a slip slipperier broth. Okay. Was there flour in it this time? Is that what it was? Not even hardly in it. I dusted the the meat with it. Oh, okay. In a dredge, if you will. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna do that next time. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you know, I'm gonna master and you're perfecting dominate your stew. the stew. Yeah, you're perfecting your stew. By recipe. the end of this here season, you're finishing the stew. And listeners, we are fucking in the thick of you. Ooh, guys, you. have you been visited at all? Mm. We would love. We'd love. To hear we it. would love. I also just like do need to tell you mm-hmm. that I found I found this thing. It's like a. You know, just like a random post some questions that you have website. Yeah. And this one is, why do ghosts appear only in the wintertime? Friend? Yeah. And then one person answered. What are you talking about? Dan Harvel answered. Before I begin my actual answer, I will state that my answer assumes that ghosts are a possibility rather than a certainty. Based on my own experiences... This is to be read with the knowledge that I do not believe that ghosts are, in fact, a certainty, but based on my experiences, so she says it again, I most definitely cannot deny that they could very well exist. And then he goes on. Well, thanks for the With disclaimer. that said, ghosts do not only appear in the wintertime. <laughs> Thank time. you. In fact, most of my experiences have occurred in the summer or early autumn. Now, I disagree with that. I think summer that they're year-round equal. They're definitely year-round equal, and I would argue... 
if anything, it's more of a day versus night kind of thing. If but anything, even yeah. that, I don't think is true. I would love to talk to the person who's like, why do ghosts only appear in the winter? I, I need to know that's about That's like them. being like, why are all of us, why do we all only have to pee before 2 p.m.? Being like, yeah. what are you talking about? I know, that's and I want to go to this person's house and like, what if they do just have so many winter ghosts that come out just in wintertime? Yeah, maybe their house has a winter ghost. Yeah, my the only, the only thing that makes sense is that they're haunted by a winter ghost that's kind of nice that's festive it's fun because it's the loneliest time of year so yeah. why not have a friend well goodbye everyone yeah bye <laughs> <laughs> goodbye that's all you get uh i forget which one of us went first i think i did last time because then you did the the um, oh that's sad r.i.p our hiker girls yeah Oh, I'm happy to go first. Yeah, we got any, it. We got any uh, updates? Did we do anything spooky this oh, week? Oh, no. Uh, Nothing too scary, I think. We saw Knives Out. That was really good. That was really good. Everybody, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Wow. Um, the whole cast, really. Man. What else? Tony. We, we finally Tony. got some some closure and clarity in, in our Dungeons & Dragons game. Oh, it's so sad. It took like a month for us to get past this I really know. hard. We're not even past We're it, not. really. We had a revelation, it. and now we, now we need to do the emotional labor of getting past it. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, for all you out there being like, what are they talking about? It's just a game. You are right. But also, we've invested a lot of yeah. our lives into it. So, a, Like a lot of a, a lot. lot of our lives. So many hours. And I, I'm better for it. I love it. I yeah. wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I guess my only spooky thing is still I keep scaring myself thinking about walking into the living room mm-hmm. of my house and seeing a past or future version of myself there. Yeah. I'll be frank. Or me, even, too. Yeah. Oh, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Even seeing us, like, last week. There freak me out. There is a ghost of me at 25 in that house. Yeah. I'm uh, going to see it at some point. Yeah. But it's a good ghost. It's a good ghost. I hope yeah. it's you hosting Krampus Knocked. That would be very fun. That would be cool. And it would probably be like around this week. Well, no, it would have been two last weeks week, ago. Two weeks. But like, yeah. you know what? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't, so good. Doesn't matter. So good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, yeah. I have a go 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 the things I'm going to tell you about today are like pretty much directly taken from NorthCarolinaGhost.com and RememberCliffside.com. Wow, Stephanie, I'm going to tell you about the Chimney Rock apparitions. Today. What? Yeah, the Chimbley Rock apparitions. Chimbley Rock. This one goes out to Patrick. Wow, Patches, this is for you. Yeah, he's a North Carolina boy. Yeah. This I don't believe is anywhere near your North Carolina, but it's fine. Wait, where, where is it? It's near Asheville. And he's Raleigh, right? Uh, Wake Forest is in Wake Forest. I, I don't think. know where that is. I don't really fucking know. Who fucking knows? I'm is look Raleigh it up. even in North Carolina? Maybe not. Probably. I don't know. Who's to say? Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. North Carolina's great, let me tell you. I've never been. It's a cool place. I think actually maybe I drove through it once on my way to... On your way to Georgia? Georgia. That ill-fated trip. Ooh, listener, that's a tale for another That's one of my favorite stories, but yeah, another time. A classic, oops, I (laughs) don't want to go to grad school. (laughs) We've been there all. We've We've all all been there. there. Um, Okay. Did you find out where Wake Forest is? No. Okay. So Chimney Rock is Rutherford, North Carolina's most famous attraction. It lies in Hickory Nut Gorge, where the mountain wall opens up. All these places sound delightful. Right? Hickory Nut Gorge. Rutherford? Rutherford. I love it. Chimbley Rock. Wow. Uh, it, it, uh, where the mountain wall opens up, yielding a deep and narrow entry into the Blue Ridge country beyond. Oh, I yeah. have driven through because the Blue Ridge Mountains are so beautiful. Mm. I remember that. Um, it is North Carolina's gate to the Western Mountains. Stagecoaches used to follow the route, as did wagoners on their way to the lowlands with produce. Oh, it's about a two-hour drive from Nashville to Wake Forest. It's a stretch. Yeah. Um, The antiquity of the path as a thoroughfare stretches back into Cherokee mythology. Wow. To a story I'll tell you a little more about of a magician's trip through it to get some sacred tobacco. What? Along the riverbed are huge boulders dislodged from the mountain above. 
High above the gorge is the chimney itself, a monolith 300 feet tall jutting out from the rocky precipice of Chimney Rock Mountain. Wow. On the side of the mountain is Bat Cave. Creative name. Cool. Said to be difficult to reach, it's rocky ledges crawling with rattlesnakes. Wow. Why is it not Snake Cave? It should be Snake Cave. Well, yeah. apparently they discovered two different kinds of, like, rare bat in it, so... I get what I they're saying. It's actually made of two separate caverns, and scientists have been fascinated by the so-called bottomless pits between the two entrances created by erosion. But they do refer to them as bottomless pits. What? So... That can't be true. I don't know. I mean... Let's go find out. Wow. Drop a snake down there. I do like to think that the middle of the earth is a black hole. Ooh, and that there really scary. is no other side. That's too scary to think about. All right, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. The Chimbley itself, a high stone outcropping that can be seen for miles, has been the site of some of the oddest ghost sightings ever recorded in North Carolina. Cool. In Charles Landman's Letters from the Alleghenies, Hickory Nut Gorge is described as the battlefield between a cunning, cunning medicine man and the magic, and I quote, little people. Like a leprechaun? It's hard to know. Okay. The Cherokees were dying for lack of tobacco, which could be had only in the lowlands. The little people guarding the pass, the only pass through the mountains, would not let them through until a medicine man volunteered to risk the trip. Are they just shorter people? It, the way that they are framed on this website was they're supernaturally little. Okay. I'm thinking like a Darby O'Gill. All right. Like a leprechaun. Oh, but sure, yeah. Say? King of the leprechauns. Um... So this man uh, volunteered to go pass through after various adventures, including changing himself into a mole and burrowing underneath his enemies. That would work. That would, it works every time. Yeah. He then changed himself into a whirlwind. <gasps> that would work better. That would work so good. The combo is really good. Yeah. In if sweeping, you have one per person to do, you know, try each and then whoever gets their first wins. Oh, I would choose whirlwind. I think I would too. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier against little people. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a whirlwind, he swept through the gorge, tearing down some cliffs and the falling boulders still visible to this day along the riverbed crushed the little people. Oh no, an unintended. Yeah, Mm. sad. But then guess what? He got the tobacco and returned and was the hero of the town. Cool. Stephanie, that's not the ghost story I'm here to tell you today. Oh my God, what? We're going to fast forward to the earlier part of the 19th century. All right. When residents around the rock reported a number of very unusual sightings. Okay. Our story begins on July 31st, 1806, when eight-year-old Elizabeth Reeves, whose family lived in Buncombe County near Chimbley Rock, mm. told her older brother that she'd seen a man on top of Chimney Rock. This was way before rock climbing was a thing. Right. Um, it would have been unheard of. Do people do that now? To be up get there. on top of Chimbley Rock? Yeah, you can get okay. up there now. Um, West Central North Carolina was still basically frontier country back then. It was a lot of horses, mules, and wagons, so no no sport rock climbing. Sure. Uh, although, according to the book Rutherford County 1979, a people's bicentennial, a fabled lost colony used to live on top of Chimney Rock Mountain. Seven or eight families up there with a school and a grist mill. But oh, that I mean, you need corn in school. That's yeah, all you corn need. In yep. But it wouldn't have been at the same time that this happened either way. Mm. So anyway, wait. Okay. You're telling me that on top of all of this, there's like a forgotten county that just lived in a corn school, and that's it. Yeah, Ghost Corn County. Wow. Well, it gets crazier. Elizabeth uh, told her brother she saw a man up there. He refused to believe her, but she persuaded him to go look. And young Morgan Reeves, her brother, saw not just one, but thousands of people flying through the air around Chimney Rock. What? The people the Reeves children saw were described as being clothed in brilliant white, ranging inside in size from infant to adult. When they were gen- er, while they were generally human in shape, the children could make out no distinct features. There is no clear differentiation in age or gender or race. The children called to their mother, Patsy Reeves, who then came running. Sure. All in all, six people saw the apparition of these thousands of people. In addition to Elizabeth Morgan and Mrs. Patsy Reeves, the youngest Reeves' daughter, Polly, and a neighbor, Mr. Robert Searcy, and a woman unnamed in the original reports, all spent the next hour watching this unfold. 
And it couldn't have been a huge birds thing. Well, listen to this. The crowd of beings rose to the top of Chimney Rock, and when all but a few had gathered up there, three members of the crowd rose up above the others, hovered there, and then led the congregation of shining beings up through the air to disappear into the sky. This is a quote uh, from a report on it. Quote, there had been another vision in the sky, but the figures, uh, wait, yeah, the spectral beings resembled an angelic host. The apparition came into view late in the afternoon of a warm, sunny day. A number of witnesses watched a crowd of literally hundreds of beings resembling humans as they passed through the atmosphere in a long procession. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Rising up into view from the side of the mountain with most of the mountaintop visible above them, they they moved around the north and gathered on the rock. Wow. Uh, That sounds so fun. Crazy. That sounds so fun to do. They were just slowly going in a procession. Oh, yeah. They were followed. So the, the three people rose up. They were followed by the rest in a procession. And at that point, one by one, they all vanished. Wow. According to an affidavit signed by the observers, the disappearance left, quote, a solemn and pleasing impression on the mind. Pleasing. Accompanying. <laughs> it was pleasant, I yeah. would say. Accompanied with a diminution diminution of bodily strength. All right. Which I guess means So you're felt weak, weak and pleased. Yeah. And the vision lasted for what about a, what an a hour. Combination. I mean. Wow. Sure. The account of this strange apparition was printed a few weeks later in the Raleigh Register and Gazette, then cited again in Edward Augustus Kendall's Travels Through the Northern Parts of the United States in the years 1807 and 1808. So, several years later, in 1811, another perhaps even more strange apparition appeared near Chimney Rock. Stephanie, a pair of armies riding riding winged horses met in fierce battle in the air. Oh my god, it's a wild hunt. It's a wild hunt. Oh, wow. Over the course of several evenings in the summer of 1811, multiple witnesses in different locations saw two opposing bands of cavalry riding winged horses circling each other in the sky. What? Over a few different nights. You're telling me a Pegasus army? Pegasus army, dude. On the final evening, the two armies finally engaged each other and clashed over the clashed in the sky over Chimney Rock. They were armed with swords, and witnesses said that the sounds of clashing metal and groans of the wounded could be hear, heard echoing throughout oh, the area. That's not the first time we've <laughs> talked about, like, battle sounds, yes. ghosts being a battle sound. It's so cool. I really like it. I also, I mean, the Marines... The more you're saying about this, the more I'm like, are those rocks just tumbled on top of a fairy fort? They very well might be. Because the little the little folks. The little folk. And all the other ancient lore. It does seem connected on top to of me. Like, One newer, thing led to another. Newer haunts. Mm-hmm. You, they, I don't look, know. I'm just saying. An ancient something mm-hmm. was wiped out there and probably... Mm-hmm. Is is showing its stripes now. Yeah. I mean, the magic just doesn't... It doesn't just go away. It wears down over time. No, it's got nowhere else to go. Yeah. Uh, it's got to get reabsorbed by the earth. Oh, well, it is a chasm, so maybe it'll... Yeah, just get it up, eaten. Gobble it up. Sure. So the ultimate battle lasted only about 10 minutes, at the end of which the defeated army retreated, and then the victorious army disappeared into the darkness. Newspapers across the state carried reports of the battle. A public meeting was held. (gasps) I mean, 10 minutes is a long time. It is a long time to just be like, oh, yeah, they're doing it. After many nights of being like, are they going to fight tonight? No? Yeah. We're all going to go back inside. Public meeting. Wouldn't you show up and be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. After a while, I'd also be like, I'm just not leaving my house, I guess. I'm yeah, I, I would think I'm it was scared, end times. I'd and, be like, it's uh, happening. Yeah, like, they're People coming into my home next. incredibly chill about this. Just like, wow. I think that we should maybe write a story about it for the newspaper. Yeah, we should at least put this down in the paper. Yeah, we should take a vote to see if we're going to write a story about mm. it. I will say, though, this is near the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh-huh. There's so much good mountain lore. There really That I is. bet you it was just like, oh, there they go again. Like, truly... Just the haunt of the of the month. You gotta think that there, are, yeah, there's so much in those mountains. Yeah, a lot of history in those hills. Tons. Well, the people of the town decided, settled on the idea 
that this battle was a divine vision of highlights from the distant, or not so far distant, Revolutionary War. Mm. They thought that it was being replayed above them. I can't say that I agree. It sounds a lot more ancient to me. There were not Pegasus at that war. And it doesn't seem... Not that we know of. Not that we know of, and also, like, not to hate on the Revolutionary War or whatever, but, like, was it such a battle for the ages that that's the one that gets, like, replayed? Like, you've got to think there had to have been, like, indigenous peoples there who had probably much bigger, more intense battles, I'm going to go ahead and say there was a Pegasus battle there. There was at some point a Pegasus battle. And that's what it was. It was just a recreation of the exact battle with the Pegasuses that they saw. The Pegasi. I am disappointed that there were no... and, and this isn't my words, this is their words. Little people, ghosts. Yes. However, they could have been included in the people floating around. True. The I infants also, could have been them. I also have to say, one thing that we haven't really encountered at all, we have a ghost of people, ghosts of animals, mm-hmm. ghosts of magical creatures. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they just get kind of like a fucking pass. Like they already were, they already had it. Yeah. And so they're just you gone. You mean like a, when a living Pegasus dies and it's like people just assume that can't become a ghost? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I also feel like maybe a Pegasus isn't magical because it can just fly and other things can fly. That's it's true. It's just a horse with wings. Aww. I wish we still had them. Yeah. I wish we still, still had, them. had them. Like how I think dragons are just dinosaurs that definitely existed. I think you're onto something there. Look, if a pterodactyl can exist, I don't know why a dragon can't. I think that they're probably the same thing. In a lot of ways, I think they're kind of the same thing. Yeah. Also, think about ostrich. Think about it. I you never know? thought about it. Because it's got a fat body. It's got a, plump, a long neck. body and a and long neck. And it can neck. barely fly. Just put a long, a long wing on ostrich. It does look like a serpent. Yeah. Like, probably in skeleton. If only it had a longer tail. Trying to wake up Blue because he keeps snoring. He shan't awaken. Oh, that was Mm. him. That was him. Yeah, being like, "Mm." gently snoring. Mm. Little baby. He keeps snoring. Oh, you rest. (laughs) That's a true sign I need to put him on a diet. No, Sleep apnea. Um, He's doing fine. He's 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 all right. Just fine. A long day of napping. Yeah. Um, He's going to be up all night. Great. That's incredible, oh, and I love that. Yeah, it's a little on the shorter side uh, than I expected, but it doesn't you know matter what? because it's got it's full of spectacle, and I just wish that I could call you up and be like, "Oh yeah, it's almost seven thirty. Do you want to go over to the? want to go watch the thing and see fight? what they do tonight? Yeah, you want to go see like a bunch of nights in a row, just being like, cancel your plans. I just We're can't going to see it. I love it so much. It's like when we went to see the Blood Moon, yeah. or like any time there's an eclipse or mm-hmm. anything like that, when I'm just like standing. On the porch and like last time it happened, I think it was winter. I was home in Connecticut. I had on so many layers mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, the great moon cometh and no one else would watch it with me. It was like one o'clock in the morning, negative 30 degrees. Yeah. So fucking cold. It's so worth it. It's cool every time to I look into it. space. And imagine that with a full spooky moon over yes. a big mountain and just being like, what? Yes. Two Pegasus. Yes. Fight. Oh, I just like, I love it so much. Yeah. If you could have a flying steed. Oh, yeah. Because you could do a griffin, you could do a pegasus. Pegasus, for a long time, was my answer to this, but I really don't know anymore. Wait, and a griffin, remind me, what is the other part of it? I think it's a. Oh, it's I like think a, it's an, an eagle. eagle's head and wings and then the body of a lion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Those are fun. They're fun, but that is. So scary to picture. It's... Let me make sure that I'm right about this. Um, I think it would still go Pegasus just because... Uh, I don't know, actually. Would I be yeah, riding on it or is it just lion. to, like, see? Riding on it. I guess you could probably hold on to a griffin more. Mm-hmm. But I prefer the face of a horse. Right, but then, like, it's the it's a gigantic eagle head, which is very scary. That is really scary. Like, the beak alone. I know, it's too big. There's also a hippogriff. 
Oh, yeah. What is that one? I feel like it's also kind of like an amalgamation of different animals. I feel like that has a beak, too. Um, it's sort of the same. What is it? It's front legs and wings of a giant eagle and the body, hind legs, and tail of a horse. Oh, okay. Oh, so instead horse. of horse a lion and an eagle, it's a horse. It's a big and an horse. Eagle. But I the front top is the front half is still eagle. I just wish it I wish they didn't both have beaks. I know I that's know. like their whole thing. It is really hard. Also, ooh, you could do a manticore. Wait, what is the manticore again? I think I think it's like the front half is a lion. Oh, that's Hang on, let me crazy. just see. Okay, let me just look it up real quick. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. Okay, mythical beast typically depicted as having the body of a lion, the face of a man. No! And the sting of a scorpion, but also it has wings. Wait, what? Also it has wings. I hate that. If I ever see that, I'll die. I like this one. The face of a man? It is, like... Do I get to choose the man? Uh, it's sort of like, it's a lion slash man face. No, that's I really like the manticore. Wait, can you show me a picture? It does look evil, though. Like, in every single artist rendering, it, it's really that evil looking. That face is generous in that it's giving it much more of a lion's face than a man. It's, I'm picturing, like, a little, like, man, nervous man it's face like, being like, hey. Right. It's like a, a lion from cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face. <laughs> Digital for a technology face. Yeah. Uh, Pegasus is definitely the least scary of all of these that we're going over. No, I think I got a dragon also, though. Could ride a dragon. Could ride a dragon. For sure. Always. Yeah. Or a dinosaur. Yeah. There's also this one that I'm just seeing now that I'm just going to look up and see what it looks like real quick. What's he called? It's an Aztec deity. Ooh. Honestly, it just looks like a parrot, but I can't really tell at all. Maybe it's a really big parrot. That would be really fun to ride on. That would be really fun to ride Humongous on. Humongous parrot. Although they are unpredictable. A parrot is, yeah. Yeah. Also, lightning bird. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. And there's also Quetzalcoatl. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Look at him go. Do you hear him again? Yeah. I don't know why he's so tired. I don't oh, know what happened. Oh, it's like a little accordion. Well... Um, Stephanie, you go through me. Yeah. Tell me that. So it's funny that you did the Blue Ridge uh-huh. Mountains because I'm also doing mountains. <gasps> what? I'm doing a couple basically haunted Himalayans Ooh, and fuck. also some other stuff. Yes. So I felt festive and snowy. Yeah. So I was like, let's just do it. So <laughs> for decades, climbers have encountered ghosts and supernatural phenomena on Mount. Everest. Fuck, dude. You yeah. know it's so scary. Mount Everest, we've said it numerous times on the podcast. Don't, Don't fucking do it. climb it. Don't climb it. Don't fucking do it. You're gonna have you're gonna have to go home at the base camp. Yeah. You stupid idiots. Waste of money. Uh so people encounter the spirit of dead climbers begging oh, for food. No, that's so sad. Yes. There's a Sherpa from Nepal confessed to spotting black shadows during his 2004 ascent of Mount Everest. He noted when I paused at a mound of rocks, I saw some spirits in the form of black shadows coming <gasps> towards me, stretching their hands and begging for something to eat. That's so scary. I also want to point out that oxygen levels are differing yeah. when you ascend a mountain, so all kinds of things you could see. This, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, this is scary no matter what. Yeah, that's really scary, even if you're imagining it. Yeah, so the, the theory is that the, the shadows are spirits belonging to mountaineers killed during past climbs. Yeah. Theory isn't too far-fetched because it's sometimes tradition to leave a, de- a deceased climber's body on the mountain yeah. as a form of respect. Also, though, well, you I need to say to. it's not even a form of respect. You just can't get it down. You can't. Like, you also, there's if you nothing you can do. Want, yeah, if you wander away from the group, you, people can't go get you. No, they can't go die. get you. Right, you can't. Die and they'll die. Uh, yeah. It, like, the time it would take to gather somebody's remains at the top of Mount Everest would mean, like, you're also dead. Well, I've read pe- things about people... I'll, I'll wait. I don't want to... No, go ahead. I've read things about people on, like, walking in a group on the mountain who, like, walk 10 feet away and realizes they can't get back because yeah. they're freezing to death and they'll be talking to the group being like, can somebody please come over here and help me? And the group just has to keep going and let them die. Wow. Because it's like, if they stop or like get off the path then they'll all die Mm -hmm. it's so scary so people just sit down and die 
I hate that. Yeah, it's really scary. I hate that so much. So sad. Uh, as, well, I mean, unidentified bodies are all, all over yeah. Mount Everest. Notorious for being riddled with corpses. Um, I mean, there's avalanches, slippery slopes, yeah. inclement, literal slippery slopes, inclement oh, temperatures, and they're all completely fatal. You could die in a minute or less. Yeah. Um, a lot of people haven't been identified at the top. How much um, would you have to get offered to try to climb, climb to the top? Money? No amount. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd survive. But. Yeah, so it's not worth it. Because you'd try. You're dead. If somebody offered me $20 million, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'll try. A billion. Well, sure, I'll I'll do literally anything for a billion dollars. Yeah, I mean, I would need an unlimited amount of time to try. Like, (laughs) I'm not... On my 95th birthday, You can't be, like, in a month climber in Everest, because I'm like, sorry, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, One of the most famous ones is Green Boots, which they don't know who it is. So sad, because he's wearing such a cool outfit. I know. He's wearing a cool outfit, and... I just wish he was alive and didn't go up fucking Mount Everest. He's a cool mummy ghost. Uh, some ghosts possess local villagers. <gasps> so Mohan Singh, a resident of Benmi, a local Himalayan village, reportedly encountered a strange man outside his home one day while chopping wood during the winter months of 2009. Whoa. The sky turned black, and the stranger demanded to know why Singh was cutting the trees. Then he reached for Singh's shirt, but the stranger's fingers mm. went right through Singh's body. Oh my god, no. Just like a ghost's fingers oh may. God, no. Also, throughout the altercation, the stranger's body continuously changed size, <gasps> growing up to nine feet tall than suddenly shrinking. That is so train. scary. Yeah, really, really, really scary. Strange flying objects stalk the climbers. Frank Smith suddenly sensed he wasn't alone. Uh, when he encountered the presence of a man, uh, he divided his mint cake and shared half of it with this phantom. And then he saw two giant objects above him, Mm. one squat with underdeveloped wings. Oh, no. While the other possessed a beak-like protuberance, protuberance like the spout of a tea kettle. What? And then that's it. What? So he's like, somebody just ate half my mint cake and then two, like, beasts flew and now this guy's gone and they're nowhere and I'm down one half mint cake. Wait, the description of those are also, like, grotesque. I know. I don't like it. A tea kettle nose. And an underdeveloped wing. Yeah. One thing, um, one thing that, so some of these I already covered, but I want to talk about a special... A special, special friend. Okay. And that friend lives in the Himalayans and goes by the name of Yeti. <gasps> Stephanie, no. Yeah. <sighs> Yeti. Tell me about it. I'm you. doing the abominable snowman. Oh my god, dude. Mm-hmm. A right. folkloric ape-like creature. I resent ape-like, and I'll I'll tell you why. Okay. Taller than an average human, said to inhabit the Himalayan mountains, the names Yeti and Mete are commonly used by the people indigenous in the region, part of their history and mythology. Stories first emerged as a facet of Western popular culture in the 19th century. There were stories before that, but they emerged then. Uh, The scientific community has generally regarded the Yeti as a legend, but uh, given lack of evidence of its existence, I see why, however, it probably is real. (laughs) Going forward. Uh, So I just want to talk about the name Abominable Snowman. Please. Because having an indigenous person be like, it's an abominable snowman, like, of course not. Yeah. The name was coined in 1921, the same year, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Burry led the 1921 what? British Mount Everest Reconnaissance Expedition, excuse me, which he chronicled in Mount Everest, the Reconnaissance, 1921. Cool. Creative title. In the book, <laughs> Howard Burry includes an account of crossing the Lakpala, a 21,000 foot, um, at, at 21,000 feet, I'm sorry, 
where he found footprints that he believed were probably caused by a large loping gray wolf, which in the soft snow formed double tracks, rather like those of a barefooted man. He adds that his Sherpa guides, quote, at once volunteered that the tracks must be that of the, quote, wild man of the snows, to which they gave the name Metokangmi. Meto translates as man bear. <gasps> Kangmi translates as snowman. Ooh. Confusion. Imagine just being like, look at those. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's the, the man bear snowman. That's the man bear yeah. snowman. Confusion exists between Howard Burry's recitation of the terms Meto Kangmi and the term used in Bill Tillman's book, Mount Emmer's 1938, mm-hmm. where Tillman has used the words mech which doesn't exist in the in the Tibetan language. So if anyone's like, it's match instead, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. Okay. No, it It's is. just a misinterpretation, Shit. misspelling. Um, I will say, so the use of abominable snowman began when Harry Newman, a longtime contributor to, contributor to the Statesman in Calcutta, Ooh. writing under the pen name Kim, right. interviewed, which Henry Newman's a fine name. It's, a fi- it's fine. I don't understand it interviewed the porters of the Everest Reconnaissance Expedition on the return to Darjeeling. Newman mistranslated the word mito as filthy, <gasps> which, like, how dare you? It's man bear. Yeah, what? Substituting the term. So not only did he mistranslate it as filthy, he then just sh- decided to change it to abominable out of artistic man license. Man bear is so much better. Man Bear Snowman is so fun. But, you know, Newman wrote long after in a letter to the Times, the whole story seemed like a joyous creation, so he just changed the name to Abominable Snowman. And you know what? I, you know, fine. Fine. Whatever. But you should mention the bear somehow. Yeah. So we all kind of know what a Yeti looks like, right? Or we think we do? I think so. What do we picture? White fur. White fur, long limbs. Fangs even. Some, like big teeth I, oh, I yeah, sometimes yeah. think of, right? Yeah, sure. Um, Big eyes, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the better with which to see. Furry. Yeah. Uh, very furry. Maybe even like. Big hands and feet. Kind of like that thing of when, with my, with Winnie. Her skin underneath her white fur is kind of darker. Yeah, yeah. Like a grayish. Got like a bluish gray, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of picture when I think of an abominable snowman. Yeah, same. Almost like a little bit smaller albino Bigfoot. Yeah. With less of an oblong head. To okay. me, it's, yeah. it's more hot dog. No, it's more hamburger than hot dog. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I I'm think I'm picturing of. It, it being like, yeah. It's, it, I'm still picturing the shoulders being, like, connected to the head, you know? Oh, sure. But not as, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. And there's it. a good reason why. <gasps> so pre-19th century, the Yeti was a part of a pre-Buddhist, there's a lot of different Buddhist uh, gods and goddesses and, like, creatures that live in the mountains, on the mountains, through the mountains, in the, in the streams that run underneath the mountains. Ooh, cool. I'll maybe get into some of those. Um... It was part of the pre-Buddhist beliefs of several Himalayan people. The Lepcha people worshipped a glacier being as a god of the hunt. (gasps) Love. Yeah. Uh, So this person, um, H. Seeger, also reported that the followers of the Bone religion once believed the blood of the Mirgud, or wild man, Mm -hmm. had use in certain mystical ceremonies. That being was depicted as an ape-like creature who carries a large stone as a weapon and makes a whistling swoosh sound. Whistling swoosh? Yeah. Oh, fun. Something like that. Not a great swoosh on my end, but... <gasps> Ooh, he really perked right up. <laughs> He's looking at each of us as we do it. Oh, he's fully awake now. Hi. Hi, Dee Welcome back. Are you confused? Are you part Yeti? <laughs> he really is like, what? What? <laughs> what? Sorry, your alarm's <laughs> going off. Well, you snooze. Well, it you does kind of sound like a there bird. There he goes. Uh, yes, cool. So, <laughs> 19, in, in the 19th century, James Princeps Journal of the Asiatic Society of Bengal. Mm. Uh, accounts his experience in northern Nepal. 
His local guides spotted a tall bipedal creature covered with long dark hair. Sounds more like a Bigfoot. <gasps> which seemed to flee in fear, which I would do as well. Yeah. Um, it was concluded it was an orangutan. Well, yeah. Yeah. They do seem a little skittish. However, an early record of reported footprints appearing in 1899 in Lawrence Waddles among the Himalayas. There's so many white people publications about the Himalayas. Yeah, really. It's unbelievable. Wow. But you know what? I do hear a lot. I mean, like, a lot of white people go and climb Mount Everest just to, like... Yeah. Because probably the, the richest ones, well, too. Well, and what year was this? 1899. Yeah, there's probably a lot of, uh, like, tourism, colonialism going on. Oh, yeah, buddy. Waddle reported <laughs> his guide's description of a large ape-like creature, again, that left the prints, which Waddle thought were made by a bear. <gasps> Man bear. Mm-hmm. Waddle heard, I don't know why they keep saying ape-like. It's bear-like. It's in meta. It's in the na- I can't Maybe they've never it. seen a bear walk on its hind legs. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. In that way, it is ape like, like. Yeah, but have they seen a fucking ape? Maybe not. Probably not. I don't know. I think these- probably a lot of these other people were like, oh, it's ape like. And they were like, sure, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, so he heard stories of this, but wrote that, quote, none, however, of the many Tibetans I have interrogated on the subject could ever give me an authentic case. Maybe there are monkeys and and apes in Tibet. I don't know. On the most superficial investigation, it always resolved into something that somebody heard tell of. Mm. A lot of hearsay. Which, like, you know what? I've heard tell of a cheetah. It doesn't mean that they don't exist. Well, yeah. Just because I've never seen one. That's just a rumor you heard. In fact, most people I know have only heard tell of a cheetah. And in that way... I don't know. I think I saw one of It's the desert yeti what they call them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call night. me the desert yeti. 20th century, the frequency of reports increased during the early 20th century when, you know, Westerners began men- making uh, real attempts to scale the many mountains in the mm-hmm. area and occasionally reported seeing odd creatures or strange tracks. In 29, N.A. Tumbazi, a photographer and member of the Royal Geographical Society, Nerd <laughs> writes that he saw a creature at about fifteen hundred feet, fifteen thousand feet, Ooh. near Zemi uh, Zimu Glacier. Timbazi later wrote that he observed the creature from about two hundred to three hundred yards for about a minute. Whoa! Quote: Unquestionably, the figure in outline was exactly like a human being, walking upright and stopping occasionally to pull at some dwarf rhododendron bushes. Wow. It showed up dark against the snow, and as far as I could make out, wore no clothes. So maybe we think of a Yeti as white because it's just covered in snow. Maybe. I don't know. I love that it was gathering flowers. Yeah. Uh, Two hours later, they descended and they saw the creature's prints. They were described as similar in shape to those of a man, but only six to seven inches long by four inches wide. The prints were undoubtedly those of a biped. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. It's too big. Uh, interest peaked dramatically in the 50s. While attempting to scale Mount Everest in 51, Eric Shipton took photographs of a number of large prints in the snow. These are the famous ones. Mm. So this is the famous Yeti footprint. Wow. Like pickaxe for scale. That's too scary. Yeah. That's so weird. I know. Uh, but you know what? How many footprints in the snow have you left where it's like, that could be anything? Yeah, that's true. You know? Did he see more than the one footprint, though? Yeah. Un- he, a number of large prints no, in the snow. Scary. At about 6,000 meters above sea level, about 20,000 feet. These photos have been subject to intense scrutiny and debate, obviously. Yeah. Some argue they are the best evidence of Yeti's existence, and I applaud those people. Yeah. While others contend <laughs> the prints are those of a mundane creature that have been distorted by the melting snow. Hey, only you know mundane what? to you. I don't know if the snow's melting up there. No, and I don't think snow melts like that. It doesn't melt into more of a footprint. Into like a, a sharp shape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, there's also a Yeti footprint in 48 um, in northern Sikkim, India, near the Zimu Glacier. Uh, you know, while on holiday from a Royal Air Force assignment. 
Um, there's just a bunch of different reports of large footprints while scaling Mount Everest. Shit. Um, and you know what? Then you would have known if somebody else was, like, on the mountain with you. Yeah, maybe. for sure. Like, at base, there would have been, like, oh, yeah, like, so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And there's probably not that many paths up there. So yeah. just seeing, like, footprints going, like, fucking one pair of footprints going just, like, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, like, what is going on with those footprints? So scary. I don't like it. Um, so I will say there. Okay, wait. Now I lost my place. Just look the I'm trying to find stuff about. Um, okay, here, here we go. In 1954, the Daily Mail <gasps> shout out printed an article which described expedition teams obtaining. Hair specimens from what was alleged to be a Yeti scalp. Oh my god, what? In the Pangboch Monastery. The hairs were black to dark brown in color in dim light and fox red Whoa, in Whoa, cool. Like a, like a Bigfoot. Mm. The hair was analyzed by, by Professor Frederick Wood Jones. Mm. Strong name, an expert sure. in human and comparative anatomy. Okay. During the study, the hairs were bleached, cut into sections, and analyzed microscopically. The research consisted of taking micro photographs of the hairs and comparing them with hairs from known animals, such as bears, orangutans. Jones concluded that the hairs were not actually from a scalp. What were they? He contended that while some animals do have a ridge of hair extending from the pate to the back, no animals have a ridge, as in this particular scalp, running from the base of the forehead across the pate and ending at the nape of the neck. Hmm. So, like, he's like, I've never seen a scalp like this. Yeah. Jones was unable, or, like, this is is not a scalp. Yeah. He was unable to pinpoint exactly the animal from which these hairs were taken. What? He was, however, convinced the hairs were not of a bear or anthropoid ape. Okay. He suggested that the hairs were from the shoulder of a coarse-haired hooved animal. Oh, what? So, to me, I'm like... Did you just, like, your horse die and you just kind of, like, sliced yeah, some of it? Yeah, cut some hair off of and it. And it's like, it's a Yeti scalp. See? That's so sad. I Which is, not. like, I, the ridges don't make sense to me, though. I, I still don't get it. Yeah, that's very strange. Also, what horse has, like, long hair on their shoulder? I don't get it. I don't get it. No. No. I don't get it at all. I don't buy it. No. Sorry, um, I don't buy it. There's a man named Tom Slick. All right. In 1957, who funded a new mission to investigate Yeti reports. I, I personally funded it. That's the good news I'm going to go ahead mind. and just do what I should have done earlier learning. and click right on Tom Slick. Yeah. Can we learn a little bit about this special San man? Antonio, Texas-based inventor, businessman, <gasps> adventurer, and air doing oil business. There we go. I want There's where movie. the money comes in. I the end, it's like, and an air doing oil yeah. business. Mm-hmm. Slick's father. Named Slick and being in the oil business? The more I read about this, the crazier it gets. Slick's father, Thomas Baker Slick Sr., a.k.a. the king of the wildcatters, oh, what? had made a fortune during the Oklahoma oil boom in the 1910s. He was notable for discovering Oklahoma's then largest oil field, <gasps> the Cushing Oil Field. Holy shit. Dude, okay. What did he invent? Tom, Tom Slick Jr. Yeah. was an adventurer. Okay, expeditions to investigate... I love this man. The Loch Ness Monster. Yes. The Yeti. Yes. Bigfoot. Yes. And the Trinity Alps giant salamander. Dude, this is... Slick's interest in cryptozoology was little known until 1989 publication of the biography, Tom Slick and the Search for Yeti. Listeners, Next the up holidays are coming Club. up. We do need yeah. it. By Lauren Coleman. Coleman continued his study of Tom Slick in 2002 with Tom Slick. True, true life encounters in cryptozoology. Oh my god, we're reading the both. That book mentions many of Tom Slick's adventures. I can't take the name Tom oh Slick. My in god, politics, god. art, science, cryptozoology, including his involvement with the CIA and Howard Hughes. <gasps> I need a film about this man. Okay, Tom Slick was a friend of many celebrities, including Hughes and fellow flyer Jimmy Stewart. 
He was the Chris Angel of his day. Yes. Stewart, for example, assisted a slick-backed what? expedition. What? Slick-backed is Jimmy also Stewart, a thing you can do to your hair. Jimmy I don't Stewart understand. And Tom Slick together Howard Hughes, searching for the Yeti. Smuggling a piece of the Pangbooch Yeti hand. <gasps> there's a hand. Back to England for scientific analysis. Okay. Dude. What? Slick founded several research organizations, beginning with the forerunner of the Texas Biomedical Research Institute. Fine. His most well-known legacy is a nonprofit, Southwest Research Institute, which he founded in 47 to seek revolutionary advances in technology. This guy's the best. Oh, my fucking God. Dude, it's just what? like... What? I, I, solar physics and planetary science. Also founded Mind Science Foundation in San Antonio. To do consciousness research. This guy rules. Okay, he was awarded a patent for his lift slab method of constructing concrete buildings. I love Tom Slick. He was an advocate of world peace. Beautiful. In 58, he published the book Permanent Peace, a check and balance plan. I love Tom Slick. Oh my God. He funded the Tom Slick World Peace Lectures at the LBJ Library and the Tom Slick Professorship of World Peace at the University of Texas. Oh? What? Guess what? Is he still alive? Nicolas Cage <laughs> was to have portrayed <gasps> Slick in a movie, Tom Slick, Monster Hunter. Stop it, stop. But the project stalled. No! It, he, he deserves better than Nick Cage, I think. Oh my god. Dude, he also was an avid collector of modern art. His collection was... <gasps> was Sur- uh, survive, surveyed by the McNay Art Museum. Does he have any heirs? Can we Let's locate see. an heir? Oh, horrible, horrible news. No. On October 6, 1962, Slick was returning from a Canadian hunting trip when his airplane crashed in Montana. No. Reportedly, the aircraft disintegrated in flight. That's, that's <laughs> hard to hear. That's really hard to hear. It's really, really hard. Tom Slick is my hero. Does he have any children? That it we doesn't can even interview? say anything about Tom wow. Slick. Fuck. Tom Slick married? I oh, we We're always get some accidentally Tom Slicks. You've stumbled oh. upon the greatest man this country has ever known. Okay, he was married and divorced twice and had four children. Great. We're finding them all. Yep. We're interviewing them oh going my God. to the house. Oh, there's so Slick's. many great things. You know that Tom Slick's children live in, or at least own, a manor that's filled with crypto. If there are any stuff. Slicks, any any single Slicks left out there for me to wed, I know a not. I'll do it. Slick, but I mean, Tom Slick, millionaire Yeti hunter, is like the greatest thing that I've ever heard. We're going to that mansion. I know a, a crypto mansion exists. Out I can't there. even believe that a man named Slick found Oklahoma's largest oil field. What are they? Fucking odd. I can't believe it. It's like being, it's like the reverse of being named after what you do. It's like, it's, being like, named- it's me, Tom Baker. Yeah. I bake. And also his middle name is Baker, so maybe he started that way. Indeed. Then they added on Slick as like some kind of the secret thing of yeah. manifesting what you want. Yeah, maybe he was like, if I call myself Slick, Ugh. maybe I'll find some I'll keep oil. the Baker ah. out of respect for my family, but really, I, I'd love to be a Slick. <gasps> Well, anyway, that went really off the rails, That's, but... I mean... I don't know how I couldn't go into his it. own hour, hour... Tom Slick. I just, like, Tom can't Slick even Monster believe Hunter. this is I real. Can't. I can't. Yeah. Tom Slick Monster Hunter. Holy so shit. So it, it, it was Jimmy Stewart that, uh, while visiting India, smuggled the, the Yeti hand. Can you imagine... He just it, put it in his luggage. Imagine a day in the life of Jimmy Stewart, famous man... Smuggling a Yeti's hand out. Just being like, hey, hey, Tom, look at this. <laughs> Tom, look what I got. They'll never know. They'll never, they'll never stop. And then me. they I'm just a have it. Actor. They just have it. Well, there's truly like unlimited more things I could say about Yetis. Yeah. For the for the sake of time, I do think some of these Yetis might be Himalayan brown bears. Oh, okay. I think that they might be. What are they? Or a Tibetan like? blue bear. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Let me look look some up for you. Okay. Let's see. Tibetan blue bear. It's coming. Okay. I mean, they're great. Real nice. Real real nice, you know? I spy a Tibetan blue bear right there. That's a bloopy. 
First of all, oh, they have a nice ass cut. Oh, wow. They have like a scarf on. It kind of looks like a sun bear. A lot, oh, yeah. it's beautiful. A sun bear is a wonderful delight. Yeah. Um, but truly, yeah, this, it has a beautiful ascot. Yeah, I a love beautiful, it. Beautiful, beautiful, kind of like this one. Yeah. He's a, a, he's a little Tibetan blue bear. A He's a Tibetan blue That's a Yeti right there. I'm naming him Yeti now. <laughs> You're a Yeti now. So anyway, yeah, I just feel like uh, Bigfoot gets a lot of attention, but... We hardly talk about Yetis ever yeah, at all I know. anymore. Uh, they're often uh, conflated, and yeah. I feel like they're distinct now. I feel like also it's just kind of like the same race of thing, but it's just like two different climates, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, similar to bears. Yeah, similar to bears. Yeah. They could just be bears, I guess, is what we're saying. Perhaps, but... Yeah. Bears that walk on their hind legs, because when you haven't seen that before, or even if you have, it's jarring. I mean, just, like, very, very, very fucked. There's, I have so much more research that I can't even do right now. Do you want to give me a little Um, taste, a little sprinkle? I'll tell you about, I found this thing called, by Runjan Nupur, wrote in 2017, something called A Horror Story from Himalayan Tourists. (gasps) And I will, I, I will read you this. Yeah. Abbott Mount. Just because also this guy's really enjoying writing this blog, and I, I, I think you'll hear why. Nestled in the far interiors of the Himalayas, there is a sleepy, nondescript town. An enthrallingly beautiful, hauntingly mysterious, fatally dangerous, and deceptively simple town. Adverb thing, adverb thing. Very Twilight yeah. Zone. Its existence is meaningless for the rest of the, of the humanity. This person wants a book deal. Yeah. Except the parts of the said humanity that choose to be adventurous tourists, a terribly small and ill-informed segment, needs editing. This one section I don't understand. Yeah. Humanity has always had a ridiculous estimation of the things that matter, always ignoring the real deal for pretensions. This is meaningless. Yeah, what? If you ever plan to visit Abbott Mount, like every good tourist, you will Google it. Okay. And Google will promptly inform you that Abbott Mount happens to harbor one of the most haunted places in the country, the Abbey Bungalow. Ooh. To be clear, I did Google Abbott Mount, and none of this this did not come up at all. (laughs) Google will tell you, no, it won't, that Abbey Bungalow has a room of horrors called Mukti Kothri. And it will tell you the story of Dr. Morrison. I do think this man's making this up completely. Abbey Bungalow was the first building to ever be constructed in Abbott Mount, an act that apparently angered the gods on the hilltop, and the wrath of those gods is often deemed to be the reason why no real development ever happened in this region. Circa 1920, Abbey was donated by its longtime owners for building a charitable hospital. The hospital was a boon for the locals with its clean environment and excellent facilities. This was until a doctor called Morrison joined hospital. Joined hospital. Mm. Here's where the tale gets eerie. Morrison was a self-proclaimed psychic who claimed to be able to foretell the exact day of the death of the patients just by looking at them. Not a quality you want in your doctor. doctor. Yeah, one day before the day of his death, the ill-fated patient, his or her death, this should say, (laughs) the ill-fated patient was sent to a separate hospital ward called Muktiko 3, Freedom Ward. In this ward, the patient would die as predicted by Morrison, and his dead body would be discovered the next day. No. I mean, he's killing them, right? Right? Many locals believe that Morrison was a fraud and a maniac. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No shit. He used to conduct crazy experiments on those poor patients and kill them to prove his his prophecies. Oh, so sad. Locals also believe that the tortured souls of those patients haunt the Abbey, especially that one room. But this is what Google, it says, but this is what Google would tell you. But I think it should maybe say, but this is what Google won't tell you. Oh, okay. Because I, I think that's what this person means. Mm, okay, here we go. What Google doesn't know, and locals won't tell you, Uh-oh. is that the ghosts are the least scary entities that hide in the Abbey. What? That there was a curse cast <gasps> upon the region. When the Abbey was constructed, and it's not a rumor, that the 
septuagenarians of Abbott Mount sometimes talk about a strange stormy night of their childhood when the clouds roared like feral beasts and the sky seemed to bleed. What? <laughs> Lit up by sanguine lightning bolts. Whoa, cool. Sick. The strange night when a nameless stranger walked into town and proceeded to lock and magically ward the abbey. What? To protect Abbott Mount and the rest of humanity from the evil that lay beneath. What? That rules. Can you imagine just like fucking sickening beasts in the sky, blood lightning? You're walking around, you're like, I lock you, I lock you, I lock you, Abby, fuck off, fuck yeah. off. Or living in the town and being like, what's going on? And somebody right. just walks up and they're like, sorry, I gotta lock it up, just stay in your house for 10 minutes. And then they just vanish what? without a trace. Okay, there's blood lightning. Yeah, and they're like, that happens anytime yeah, I walk like, anywhere. Sorry, I have to go lock up. I'm other literally mountains. surrounded by it, it's so annoying. Um, so, yeah. Basically, the curse is contained within the Abbey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's the, that's the tale. Um, maybe I'll save for the next time haunting the Himalayan spirits, demons, and gods in Tibetan Buddhism. Just because it is very, very fun. Mm-hmm. And I would love to get into it. But I just have I just have too much. All right. Too much tonight. Well. And I think Tom Slick is the main takeaway of this. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I, I, have, to look at, I have to look up something really quick. Mm-hmm. I have to look something up very, very quickly. Okay, Tom, you take your time. Tom Slick. Monster. Monster Hunter. Mansion. Must include mansion. Okay. Wow. There's a lot about Tom Slick on here, everybody. And by on here, I mean the internet. It really is. There's a lot. There's an inventory of the Tom Slick papers. Wait, what? This is so cool. I'm going to just have to spend some more night or some more of the night on this. I'm never not thinking about Tom Slick for the rest of time. Tom Slick, Monster Hunter Mansion. Okay. I can't believe that we didn't know about this Tom Slick cryptozoology person who also patented a way to build buildings. Right? And then also has a, a world peace professorship. Oh, my God. That you could get from the U U of T. A dream man. I just, I can't believe him. I would have been his third wife had he not disintegrated in a plane. plane. Tom, your greatest con was disintegrating in a plane crash. Oh, my God. I'm starting it now. Tom Slick's not dead. No, Tom Slick is alive. He's alive. He's well. He's fine. He's living with Yeti. All right, I'm going to have to just look this up more when I get home because, like, there's so much more to dig into there. There is, like, a cartoon called Tom Slick, but it's it doesn't have anything to do with the real Tom Slick. It's just <sighs> a man that drives it's a not car. The same. I know. Well, look, we're going to figure out how to, uh, how to find a little more dirt on Tom Slick, okay? I just don't understand why the world isn't, uh, like, freaking out. Look at him. Only Nicolas Cage is. Oh my God! That there is he your is husband. with a pickaxe. That's your husband. A bunch of knee- he's got he's got fucked up knees just like me right now. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I love you, Tom Slick. We're praying to Tom Slick. I love from you so here much, Tom out. Slick. Oh my God! Well, well, on that note, I would say my tip is find yourself an eccentric, rich millionaire who mm-hmm. wants to find a yeti with you and yeah. his famous actor friend. Also, if somebody look. If you're like, what do you do? What do you like? And someone starts off with some weird stuff like, I'm an inventor, cryptozoologist, world peace person. Wait until they finish because they could also say, and also the heir to an oil fortune. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you're like, ah. Now I understand. You should have known when you said your name was Slick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're an oil man. You're an oil man. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, my tip is definitely just like, Find a wealthy benefactor to help you find a a, a beast. Get Man. somebody to fund your dreams. I guess in the Jimmy Stewart thing, Tom Slick would have been the richer one, probably, right? At that at that time, probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by by a lot of money, probably. Yeah, just young Jimmy Stewart being like. Yeah, oh, I'll, man. Go, I'll go with you. There's a here's an example of somebody who was born into. Uh, privilege and used it a good way. Mm. Make a world peace effort. Yeah. Invent some building, building stuff. Builds. 
Look I into mean, every monster you could think of. Make three research facilities. One's about consciousness. The other's about science. The I other's am fascinated about, by this man. I love him. <laughs> I am fascinated by him. I love him. And if I you feel are like related, he probably owned his own island where he did something weird. I love him. And if you are related at all to the late Tom Slick, you need to email me right away. You have to reach out. I have to know more about Tom Slick. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to follow in his footsteps. If anybody has private journals of, of Mr. Tom Slick, Lord, Lordy Lou, I'll, I'll know number two. How well, we got to find like some kind of research library in New York where we can look into his archives. I need to understand the Slick papers. Uh, the slick I need papers. to memorize the Slick them. files. I can't. I can't. I really can't. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tom? Mm-hmm. This America's is also hero. a good time to say that um, our friends and family, Sasha, mm-hmm. Zoe, Rachel, Andrew, yes, all went to a cryptozoology museum. I'm so jealous. Last week. And it couldn't have come I at a better time for us to discover Tom Slick. it was in Portland, Slick. Maine. It was in Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it looked incredible. I think I remember some shots of a Yeti in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked a so cool. for sure. If you have been to that museum also, we would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, shout out to the Museum of Cryptozoology yep. in Portland, Maine. Um, man, guys. There's, I don't even know what to say. I'm so over, over, overwhelmed by just right now discovering Tom Slick. Just learning about Tom Slick just feels like you just <laughs> discovered a new color. It's you know? every time this happens to me where I accidentally, inside of my research, find something find else. A awesome. clever Hans. Yes, or like that's a right. pickles thing. Or Tom Slick. You just gotta Jack. keep digging. Gotta keep digging. If you, you look know? at your, yeah, if you look at your research enough, there will be a diamond in the road. Ugh. Every single what time. What a dream. Oh, God. Well, God, uh, that's so our much. show, everyone. That's our show. Email us at that's the spirit podcast at gmail.com. You can follow yep. us on Instagram at that's the spirit podcast. It's on the holiday season. You can buy some merch from us pod- and give yeah, it to someone buy some you like. Merch, tpublic.com slash stores slash that's the spirit podcast. Yeah. We have some cool stuff that we're working on, more guests that we want to have on. Oh. So. Follow us into the new year with your head held high looking for a Yeti. Oh, it's the most wonderful, spookiest time of the year. It is. So really take a little time out of your week and just think of a spooky thing that you like. Yeah. And also, you know, I just want to remind research. you that like there are there are Yule lads. There's, yeah. there's 12 there's a lot Yule of lads mischief happening. hiding around your house right now. Yeah. So like if a sausage goes missing, you know it was one of them. Ugh, those Yule lads. They've been really getting getting us both. I'll, I'll tell you what. They're getting oh us, it's getting our goat good this year. They're getting me good. Let me um, tell you, the number of times I've lost my glasses in the past week. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Email us. Follow us. We love you so we much. We love you, everyone. And we'll see you in hell. See you there. Goodbye. Bop, bop, bop.